The twenty-second rose of the third decade, likens to Christ. The chief concern of a Christian soul should be to tend to perfection. St. Paul tells us, Be ye followers of God as most dear children. Ephesians 5.1 This obligation is included in the eternal decree of our predestination as the one and only means prescribed by God to attain everlasting glory. St. Gregory of Nyssa makes a delightful comparison when he says that we are all artists and that our souls are blank canvases that we have to fill in. The colors that we must use are the Christian virtues, and our model is Jesus Christ, the perfect living image of God the Father. Just as a portrait painter who wants to, be a, who wants to do a good job places himself before his model, and glances at him before making each stroke. So the Christian must always have the life and witness of Jesus Christ before his eyes, so that he may never say, think, or do the least thing that is not in harmony with his model. It was because Our Lady wanted to help us in the great task of working out our salvation that she ordered St. Dominic to teach the faithful to meditate upon the sacred mysteries of the life of Jesus Christ. She did this not only that they might adore and glorify him, but chiefly that they might pattern their lives and actions upon his virtues. Children copy their parents through watching them and talking to them, and they learn their own language through hearing them speak. An apprentice learns his trade through watching his master at work in the very same way, the faithful members of the confraternity of the Holy Rosary can become like their divine master if they reverently study and imitate the virtues of Jesus Christ, which are shown in the 15 mysteries of his life. They can do this with the help of his grace and through the intercession of his blessed mother. Long ago, Moses was inspired by God to command the Jewish people never to forget the graces that had been showered upon them. The Son of God, then, has all the more reason to tell us to engrave the mysteries of his life, passion, and death upon our hearts and to have them always before our eyes, because each mystery reminds us of his goodness to us in some special way, and it is by these mysteries that he has shown us his overwhelming love and desire for our salvation. Our Lord is saying to us, O oh, all of you that pass by, pause a while, and see if there has ever been sorrow, like unto the sorrow which I have undergone for love of you. I'm going to repeat that. Our Lord is saying to us, O oh, all of you that pass by, pause a while, and see if there has ever been a sorrow, like unto the sorrow which I have undergone for love of you. Be mindful of my poverty and of my humiliations. Think of the wine mingled with gall, which I drank for you during my bitter passion. These words and many others that could be given here should be more than enough to convince us that we must not only say the rosary with our lips in honor of our Lord and Our Lady, but also meditate upon the sacred mysteries while we are saying it. The 23rd Rose, a memorial. 
Jesus Christ, the divine spouse of our souls and our very dear friend, wishes us to remember his goodness to us and all his gifts and wants us to prize them above all else. Whenever we meditate devoutly and lovingly upon the sacred mysteries of the rosary, our Lord has an accidental joy, and so has Our Lady and all the saints in heaven. These mysteries are the most signal results of our Lord's love for us and the greatest presence that he could possibly give us because it is by virtue of such presence that the Blessed Virgin herself and all the saints are in their glory in heaven. One day, Blessed Angela of Feligno begged our Lord to let her know by which religious exercise she could honor him best. He appeared to her nailed to his cross, and said, My daughter, look at my wounds. She then realized that nothing pleases our dear Lord more than meditation upon his sufferings. Then he showed her the wounds on his head and revealed still other sufferings to her and said, I have suffered all this for your salvation. What can you ever do to return my love for you? The holy sacrifice of the Mass gives boundless honor to the Most Blessed Trinity because it represents the passion of Jesus Christ and because through the Mass we offer God the merits of our Lord's obedience, of his sufferings, and of his precious blood. The whole of the heavenly court also receives an accidental joy from the Mass. Several doctors of the Church, together with St. Thomas Aquinas, tell us that for the same reason, all the blessed in heaven rejoice in the communion of the faithful, because the blessed sacrament is a memorial of the passion and death of Jesus Christ, and that by means of it, men share in its fruits and work out their salvation. Now the Holy Rosary, recited together with meditations on the sacred mysteries, is a sacrifice of praise to God to thank him, for the great grace of our redemption. It is also a holy reminder of the sufferings, death, and glory of Jesus Christ. It is therefore true that the rosary gives glory, gives an accidental joy to our Lord, to Our Lady, and to all the blessed, because they cannot desire anything greater or more contributive to our eternal happiness than to see us engaged in a practice that is so glorious for our Lord and so salutary for ourselves. The gospel teaches us that a sinner who is converted and who does penance gives joy to all the angels. If the repentance and conversion of one sinner is enough to make the angels rejoice, how great must be the happiness and jubilation of the whole heavenly court, and what glory for our blessed Lord himself to see us here, on earth, meditating devoutly and lovingly on his humiliations and torments, and on his cruel and ignominious death. Could anything possibly touch our hearts more surely than this, and be more calculated to inspire us to true and sincere repentance? A Christian who does not meditate on the mysteries of the Rosary is very ungrateful to our Lord and shows how little he cares for all that our divine Savior has suffered to save the world. 
this attitude seems to show that he knows little or nothing of the life of Jesus Christ, and that he has never taken the trouble to find out about him, what he did, and what he went through in order to save us. A Christian of this kind ought to fear that having never known Jesus Christ, or having put him out of his mind and heart, he will disown him at the day of judgment, and will say reproachfully, Amen, I say to you, I know you not. Matthew twenty-five twelve. Let us then meditate on the life and sufferings of our Lord by means of the Holy Rosary. Let us learn to know him well and to be grateful for all his blessings, so that at the day of judgment he may number us among his children and his friends. God bless you. We'll pray tomorrow the 24th rose.